Hi, this is Janet Lansbury, and welcome to Unruffled. Today, I'm responding to an email from a parent whose spouse doesn't quite agree with her practice of acknowledging their 16-month-old's feelings. Here's the email I received. Hi, Janet. I'm a big fan of your work. I read your posts compulsively. Just finished Elevating Child Care, and I'm about to start No Bad Kids. Your work is very enlightening and helpful for parents. Here's my question to you. My husband gets irritated when I'm acknowledging the feelings of our 16-month-old son. He says it feels very patronizing and that if someone suggested to him what his feelings were, he would get mad. He also believes that acknowledging causes the feeling or behavior to become fixed in the child's mind. For instance, our kid hates taking a shower or, God forbid, a bath, although he does like getting hosed down in the garden. Go figure. Hubby thinks that if I say you don't like taking a shower, it will cause our boy to always hate showers. What should I answer? Also, I wonder whether I'm using the right language when acknowledging feelings. If other parents share similar concerns, I'd love to read more in a blog post. Oh, well, maybe I should have done a blog post about this, but I feel like this one's easier for me to answer in a podcast because it gives me the opportunity to explain and demonstrate this idea of acknowledging feelings, which is very easy to misinterpret, especially through words in a blog post. There's a lot of subtlety in this practice and... So it's much easier to demonstrate than it is to convey in words on a page. In this case, in this situation, I actually agree with her husband. And I believe what he's picking up on is that his wife is actually misinterpreting the advice around acknowledging feelings. Yes, telling someone how they feel is patronizing. So I would only use words about feelings like sad, angry, frustrated, if I'm either very sure that's what my child is feeling, or even safer and better, I would use it as a possibility rather than something that I know about my child in that moment. In other words, that can be really frustrating, you know, if a child is trying to solve a problem or achieve something and I see them struggling rather than you're frustrated. I believe in erring on the side of not knowing exactly for sure what our child is feeling. For the reasons your husband mentions, it is irritating, it is patronizing to be told how we feel. <laughs> what I recommend around acknowledging feelings and what my mentor Magda Gerber recommended is something more specific, something more reflective of what we actually know in that moment. In this example of taking a shower, I would only say, seems like you don't want to do that right now, or yeah, you really don't want to do this, and it's tough when you got to do stuff you don't want to do, or you're really saying no to this, and we've got to do it, but I understand, you don't seem to want to. So I also agree with your husband about saying a more general thing like, you don't like showers, because we don't really know that. We only know that in that specific moment, our child is having a hard time doing something we need him to do, and that we've decided as a parent is the most important thing. I mean, I would also say that I would be open to finding a way that your son likes to bathe. Sometimes, you know, children have to get sponge bathed for a while or something less because they are resisting those activities. 
but we have to make those decisions as parents. This is similar with diaper changes, dressing, and other activities that we need our child to do. What Magda Gerber called wants something quality time periods where we've got a task that's important that we want our child to do. And we are going to maybe have to set certain limits around it, but we're also open to having this be an experience where they are active participants as much as possible. And that means allowing them to maybe choose. Sometimes there is the option of just a bath or a shower, but maybe we can use a washcloth today and maybe that will suffice. Showing your child that you're not going to make everything into a must in these situations. But then when you do, when you say today, really, (laughs) we've got to do the shower or you could do a bath, but it seems that you don't want to do a bath. So we really have to do the shower and we'll make it quick but we've got to do it. If that's not what's happening every single day, because we are open to using a hose in the garden in the summer or whatever, then our child is more receptive to it. But if we're kind of forcing this every time because we have this idea how it needs to be, then it's tougher. It can be tougher for our child to accept and it can sort of be pushing them into power struggle each time. So that's a side issue that this parent isn't asking about, but uh, it just made me think of that when I was looking at this. So again, I kind of agree with the husband that saying you don't like taking a shower is too fixed. It's too labeling and perhaps setting up a self-fulfilling prophecy around that. And that's really not what's going on here. I'm also wondering if this mother is maybe acknowledging feelings as a tactic or a method or something that she thinks she's supposed to do rather than as just a way to really be present with our child in that moment and connect with them. The latter is what I recommend. Not feeling like we're saying something because we're supposed to say, you're sad, you know, but really saying it in the context of a moment-to-moment relationship of respect and communication with our child. So we would say, this is tough for you today, or you seem really tired, or you know, you're really struggling. It's, it's hard to go in the bath when you don't want to. I know, I get that. We're really joining our child there. While we're still being the leader that decides these things that our child can't decide for himself all the time, we're willing to go to where our child is. We're willing to kind of agree with their feelings, agree with their right to have their feelings about it. That's the power of this tool of acknowledging, if we want to even call it a tool. I hesitate to even call it a tool because we want it to be something that we do to communicate our connection with our child, our understanding of their feelings, our willingness to be in conflict with them around things from a place of us, again, being the leader. We're willing to disagree with them. We're willing to hear their side of it. We're not just pushing our side of it. So I imagine this is maybe not what the parent was actually asking me. She was asking, how should she answer her husband? But I'm saying that I I think her husband has some really good points here. And I think her sounds like her husband has a really good sense of what feels like an authentic relationship with his child, which is wonderful. Not saying that the mother doesn't, but it sounds like he's really, he's really got some good uh, intuition about it. So yes, talking about our child's feelings in only what we know, only what we see, for sure. You don't want to do this. Looks like you're telling me no to showers today. You're not into this. 
sorry, but we got to do it. But I totally see you're, you're not into this. An authentic interaction where we're willing to see what's going on with our child. But it all has to be from a place of feeling that we are above this, you know, in the sense that we're not going to change our mind because of our child's feelings necessarily. I mean, maybe we might be open to it, but generally we've decided what's going to happen, but we're still willing to see that little mud puddle that our child's in of disagreeing and and struggling with this. So I hope that helps. Please check out some of my other podcasts on my website, JanetLansbury.com. And remember, both of my books are available on audio at audible.com for parents that don't have time to read, but might have time to listen while they're doing a lot of other things. Elevating Child Care and No Bad Kids, Toddler Discipline Without Shame. You can also get them in paperback at Amazon and an ebook at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Apple.com. Also, I have an audio series called Sessions. These are individual recordings of my private consultations with parents working through their parenting issues. And these are available by going to sessionsaudio.com. That's sessions, plural, audio.com. And you can read a description of each episode and order them individually or get them all, which is about three hours of audio for just under $20. Sessionsaudio.com. Thanks for listening. We can do this.